You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 102. Is dormant mold a health hazard? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we're talking about dormant mold. Is it a health hazard? I I haven't heard you talk much. You've mentioned dormant mold in passing, but what is dormant mold? Dormant mold, and once again, I'm not going by Webster's Dictionary. This is is Steve Worsley, the blue-collar dude that, you know doesn't have a master's degree or anything like that. So <laughs> this is this is my my terminology. But when I say dormant mold, I mean a, a mold infestation that is not actively reproducing. Okay. So that's what I mean by dormant. It started to grow at some point because your roof was leaking or whatever whatever moisture intrusion event you had caused it to leak, which means so we talk about this quite often. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, but do you know what the three major components are that mold has to have? Well, I have a cheat sheet in front of me, so it's not worth it to ask me because I can see it right there. Oh. <laughs> Food source, humidity above 60%, a cellulose material, Okay. and moisture. So I've got my cheat sheet. Say, so say those again because I interrupted you. <laughs> so a food source that is cellulose in nature. M- yep, cellulose material. Humidity over 60%. Okay. And moisture. Oh, you're missing. You don't have the cheat sheet in front of you. What? The third thing is what? What are we talking about? Mold. Oh, well, yeah, the, the, mold spores. But the mold spores are ever present. They're right, always. Right. They're in everything. But those are the three main okay, things. Okay, so mold spores, humidity above 60%, and cellulose material to exactly, feed on. Exactly, the food. Okay. And if you take one of those away, now I say major components, because there's other, you know, other components that would prevent a mold infestation from reproducing, say like sunlight or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you take one of those three things away, 
the mold's not going to reproduce. And that's why I say the mold spores, you know, it, it's, if you take the mold spores away, you can't have a mold infestation. That's true. It's kind of, it's almost impossible to do unless you're like inside of one of our containments on a mitigation project. Because mm-hmm. just for our listeners that don't understand that, when we do mitigation, everybody thinks you just spray it with bleach. We already talked about that a few weeks ago. Or you just cut it out. That's not what we do. Yeah. We put up a containment. We run air scrubbers. We run ozone machines. We're fogging. We're uh, spraying chemicals. We're sanding things down or blasting it. We're, there's so much stuff we're doing that most people are like, oh, that's why it's so expensive. Yeah, it's because there's a lot we have to do. Exactly. So anyhow, those are the three components. So when you, so then if there's a lack of any of those, that's when the colony or the spore goes dormant. Correct. Okay. So it's typically, for the most part, it's going to be the moisture, which you said. Once you drop that below 60%, that's going to be, that's typically the deciding factor that's going to make that mold go dormant because let's just think about it and I you know I love to give analogies so if there's a roof leak and mulch is starting to grow up in the attic up there and we find the roof leak and we fix it is that mold still going to be up there once we we take away that water source no I don't think so the mold is it's just not growing it's not it's dormant right okay but we took away the moisture mm-hmm. it's kind of impossible to take away the the mold spore, mm-hmm. and you're not going to just cut out a piece of sheetrock to make mold go dormant. Exactly. To get rid of its food source. Yes. Got to remember, it's airborne anyway, so it can go to wherever it wants. That's true. So my point is, is typically what you're going to take away from those three things is the moisture, which is elevating the humidity. Does that so, make sense? Yes, it does, but then... I can hear all the DIYers in the world listening to this and going, oh, so then I don't have to pay somebody twenty or $30,000 to do mold <laughs> mitigation because all I have to do to fix my mold problem is remove one of those sources or find some spray at Home Depot that will take care of one of those sources. Is that true? No. And this is why our listeners and I love having you on this podcast because you'll ask questions like that that I wouldn't really think about. But no, never... You still have to deal with that mold. It's still going to, even if it's dormant, it can make you sick. I just mentioned that mold is airborne. If you don't take care of the mold infestation itself, that that infestation that was right here in the attic that we talked about, mm-hmm. if you try to do it yourself, you cut this all out, you don't do a containment, you have heat registers, all sorts of other stuff, You could you could be spreading if there's any toxic mold colonies there you can be spreading that throughout your entire home so that's why and i just explained you know kind of the steps we take that's why you hire a professional because we're going to make sure it's contained now does that make does that say to our listeners or clients for mold mitigation that when we fix this spot the whole house is good no you've read my contracts for mold mitigation and what do i say we can't guarantee that the the entire home is going to be mold uh, or acceptable exactly. because we only treated this area. Correct. So when we do a containment, that's where we test after we're after we're done with mitigation. We test inside that containment because that's all we're doing. Exactly. If that makes sense. Well, and can you explain to people this idea of um, chasing mold, and that even if it's one little area, 
if if you don't have a professional who chases it, it might actually be much more than the one little area that you think. Exactly. And it, I hope more listeners don't feel like I'm always promoting consultations, but this is why a consultation is so important. It is. Because your insurance company wants to pay the least that, that they can or are willing to pay. Depending on the company, like they're like, well, the insurance company's only paying me this much. This is all we're doing. If you have me as, as your consultant, that's we're not gonna we're gonna do everything we can to prevent that from happening. But I say all the time, mold is the gift that keeps on giving. I have never in all my years doing this, I have never seen a mold infestation that we found during a a, a mold inspection or just doing a bid. That let's just say the mold was right here below the window. We bid on that, and that's the only mold we found. That that never happens. Yeah. And because what happens is you mentioned it is we have to chase it. So we go in there, we cut that out. It's probably spread a couple feet each direction or up, and so we have to keep chasing until we find it. And you know this. Sometimes we, at that point, you know, we're tearing out bathtubs and all exactly. sorts of stuff. But that. That's what you have to do to fix it properly. You'll hear companies say, well, you can just contain it or you can encapsulate it. You know, you don't want to do that. You don't encapsulate mold because it's airborne. Exactly. So. And so then let me ask you this question because I hear a lot of people saying, well, if I find dormant mold, then do I still have to bring in a professional to handle it? Because if it's dormant, then that means it's not doing anything that could really, really harm me. Is that accurate? No, that's not. You need a professional. Okay. And a way to explain it is like asbestos. Asbestos is in, you know, back in the day, it was in insulation, floor tiles, siding, roofing, popcorn ceilings. Like I could go on and on what insulation was in, ductwork. With, 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 Asbestos, and you know, I, I learned all this from all my training and then doing it, it's not harmful until you disturb it. Okay. So think about it that way. Once you disturb it, it becomes airborne, and then that's when it's an issue. So dormant mold is really kind of asleep, but you could wake it up if the right things yes. happen. Okay. Think of it as your grass. Okay. So your grass, well, where we live... <laughs> It goes dormant in the winter once it starts to freeze mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's no moisture. Come springtime, like it is now, it's starting to get green because it's warming up. It's not frozen and it has water. Yeah. Same concept. Okay. It just goes to sleep, like you said, and then think about inhaling it. You inhale, it goes into your lungs, which is obviously humid, and then it starts doing what it Ooh, wants to do. Yeah, there's mold sickness right there. Exactly. Okay. So really... Your recommendation is that if people see have dormant mold, it should be handled as seriously as if it was an active. Yes. Okay. And for the most part, you've you've gone on a, a lot of bids that we do. How often would you say that you see dormant mold versus active? Not very often. That it's not active. That, yeah, exactly. Most of it is active. That. Oh, no, you do. So you say that you see it, you mostly see it active. Yeah, I think most of it, don't you think? I would say that for the most part, for me, I usually see it dormant, especially when we get there to do the mitigation. Because the event's already happened. This is, it just depends. Oh, so like in the Shoshone job, when, when it was freezing and there was that big icicle when outside. When we first got there. Then because it was freezing, 
the mold in that house was dormant. No. no. So okay. you actually bring that up. There were spots where it was, but remember, like when we were looking up in the attic area, so we were there right after the event happened. Yeah. And it was freezing, but remember, there was some mold growing, like nice and fluffy white stuff. In the insulation. Yep. Okay. Up in the attic area. But by the time we got there to do mitigation, it was all dormant. Okay. So it really just depends on, and I don't want to confuse our listeners, because my point is, is you... You can see it either way. Okay. But either way, it doesn't matter. And and I just want our our, our audience to, to know dormant mold is just as problematic as active mold. And that's the key. That either right. way, it has to be handled. Yeah. It, but and once again, this is why everything's so complex and you have to hire somebody that knows what they're talking about. If the, if the infestation is active, what does that tell you? That it's getting the sources that it needs to grow. Yep. And it, so we question it, it, you know, the humidity is over 60%. Mm-hmm. So we question, is it because everything's saturated? Is there still a leak somewhere? Uh, What's causing it? Okay. So that's why, you know, and I want our listeners to know, yeah, we have courses for do-it-yourself home inspection. The point of those is to save you from paying somebody to come in and say, no, you don't have a problem. Okay. We want you to know if you really have one. And that's why hi- hiring the right person is so important. Because I look at it, like, I, I try to do my best to, to be Inspector Gadget and just, you know, see it, what do you call it, CSI investigation. Yes, doing a CSI investigation. Because I want to rule everything out. So, And if someone has dormant mold, which, again, what's the difference between the look of dormant mold and like, how would somebody I'd be able to eyeball, well, that's dormant versus it, active? It's typically not going to have a texture to it. Okay. Because it has died. So think of it as a plant that's kind of withered. Oh, okay. And So it's not fuzzy. Exactly. It's okay. not fuzzy. It's It obviously isn't growing anymore, so the area is not getting any larger. But it does, it just, it, it's kind of crazy. I don't want our listeners to do this, but you can literally walk up to it and just run your thumb right through it and it like make, leaves a line there. Oh, okay. You don't okay. want to do that because you're putting all those spores back up in the air. Yeah. But that's that's the best way to tell. And so you would never. So is there a dormant uh, mold equivalent in mildew? I know we've talked about mildew before, which is more slimy. Is does is mildew active or dormant by nature? I would always say by nature it's active. Oh, okay. Because it's always slimy. It's oh, always okay, a, okay. So it never is. It's never right. dries it's up. It's typically it. It's typically somewhere where it's always damp. Okay, gotcha. That's why you typically see mildew in your shower on your tiles or on your silicone. Okay. If you if you stopped using that shower for days or however long, it would go dormant, but you shower every day so it keeps it active. Exactly. Okay. Or if like it's in a a window well that's always moist. Yeah. That's that's typically where we see mildew and just a quick explanation the difference between mildew and mold, mildew, we talked about species and subspecies, mildew, if you send that off to the lab, they can ex- tell you exactly what kind of mold it is. Hmm. Because it's not it's not a colony of penicillium and clodosporium and all that growing together. Okay. And they so so they can give that exactly to you. And typically mildew's growing on a non-porous surface. Okay. On your tile, on your silicone. And we talked about bleach. You can you can wipe that right up and clean it. Ah, uh, okay. Mildew 
by nature, like you said, is slimy. Exactly. So Versus, it's okay. less likely to be airborne. Ah, uh, okay. So then that makes sense. So so going back to this idea of dormant mold, then it definitely feels different. Looks- well, you shouldn't be touching it, though. I want to be clear with that. Yes, but, but, <laughs> but at the end of the day, some people will. And I'm just saying that right. the texture is different, so obviously it's going to feel yeah. different whether you touch it or yeah. not. It'll, 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 it, it will try to, it'll more, more or less kind of flake off of there. Okay. Whereas an active mm-hmm. won't. It'll kind of smear okay. because it's active and it's trying to grow deeper into ah. the sheetrock or the wood or whatever. So then, should a person, rather than taking a scraper and kind of messing with it, which then makes it a, more of a problem, should they just take pictures of it? Yeah, don't okay. do anything. Okay, it, don't touch it. When, especially when it's dormant, it's more likely to be airborne. Ah, okay. That's the, and that's the last thing you want it to do is become airborne again. Okay. So then what's your call to action for people if they're not supposed to touch the dormant mold? If they're not supposed to, if they're just supposed to take, what should they be doing then? Well, they need to hire a specialist right yes. off the bat. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once again, there could be... Lots of other people involved, like insurance and whatnot. But yeah, they should they should get a professional in there. Okay. But yeah, the call to action is they need to get humidity gauges. We talked about that. I'm not sure if it was last week's episode. They're like twenty bucks for four. I don't know. Wherever you can buy them, there's just a gauge, a simple gauge. There, you can get the digital ones or the old fashioned ones. But you, you know, have like four of them. Put one in a in your. Uh, Mechanical room, one in your main living area, and a bath, and then your bathroom should have them. And when we talked about that, we talked about the, uh, the, like a split system is kind of what I think. It's probably not the right term. One where you can have the unit, like in your living room, and it has a display and it shows you the humidity and the temperature inside. And then you have a sensor that you can put in a crawl space because you're not going to go down there and check it. Mm-hmm. You can put that sensor in the crawl space and then it'll show you what's going on down there. Okay. So make sure you're monitoring, you know, the humidity in your home. That's probably one of the most common things I recommend because nobody ever has them. It's kind of weird to me. Yeah. So- I, I grew up, like, my great-grandparents, they, they had this little thing in their living room, and it had three different dials on it. One was temperature, one was humidity, and one was a barometer. Mm-hmm. And I think people back then paid attention to that kind of stuff. My, my great-grandpa would say... Yeah, the, the, the barometer's dropping. I hope I'm saying this right. I might not be. There's there's a storm coming in. I'm like, how do you know that? And he's like, well, you should know that. But that's how I guess people thought. Wow. Back then. That's, you know, they, they in my opinion, they cared more about what was going on. Whereas nowadays, we just can, you know. Well, we trust that our apps the and our phones right? are going yeah. to you know, give us all the information we need. <laughs> yeah. But I cover all this stuff on our Facebook page. Those that follow us. Um, if you don't follow us, go like our page and follow us. I don't, I, I, I'm unlike the emails, the emails I only send out every two weeks, Mm -hmm. Facebook, I have a post I post every Thursday, but like if I have a new book that's on audible, I'll post that. If I come across an article I think is interesting, I'll post that, but we don't, it's not one of those pages where we're going to, we're trying to sell something to you every day. Exactly. It's just informational. So if you don't like our page, go like it and have a couple of your friends. I guess you can invite them, right? Yes, you can invite them. And also what would really help us is when you like the Facebook page, if you would post a comment 
to let us know that you heard about the Facebook page because you listened to the podcast. Right. That would really help us. Yeah, we, we've talked about this. We don't, there's not a whole lot of uh, chatter, I guess, mm-hmm. commenting, which, you know, for me, it's, I don't know, I, I don't see it as a bad thing, but it probably would be better if we could get our followers to start engaging and ask questions, you know. I'm not, I'm not going to give you a mold consultation <laughs> via Facebook, but ask questions if you have them and. And post them, like you said, just post in the comments. Absolutely. And let us know that you heard about the Facebook page through this podcast. Yep. All right. There you have it. We will catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.